0: There are few music videos more iconic than the Blind Melon B-Girl video for No Rain. In a time when grunge music dominated the airwaves with heavy distortion and dark sounds, Blind Melon took a grunge aesthetic but mixed it with the feel-good psychedelic hippie sound. I'm joined by my bandmate Trevor Leonard to discuss if Blind Melon brought the one-hit thunderclouds or not a single drop of rain.
1: one hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed and you can live off royalties forever and it makes me wonder is it just a wonder or is it one hit thunder
0: so i feel like it would be crazy not to mention that we are recording this podcast literally about 10 minutes after joe biden just got elected president Uh, that's pretty wild that we're going to so talk wild. about. So wild that we're going to talk about blind melon. <laughs> <right now. laughs> I know. Uh, Should we change the theme of the podcast here real quick? Yeah, I don't know. It, it took like four days, but it finally happened. We've known it was going to happen for days, but yeah, Trump is gone. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. But that aside, this isn't the Trump is gone podcast. This is one hit thunder, so that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, I'm going to start right off the bat. Before we even get into it, we're talking about blind melon, and we got one important thing to talk about. Trev What's is that? melons, more Mel- specifically, <laughs> yeah. more specifically, the fact that you like honeydew. I didn't even think about this.
2: Look, I don't think anybody needs to be hating on melons. Okay, you know, I'm talking specifically about honeydew. Honeydew. I mean, give it a try. You know, give it a shot. And and I, Chris, I don't mean, I don't mean eating the the watery dregs at the 11 a.m hotel brunch get yourself a nice honeydew you know cut it up do it yourself and
0: um give it a taste i've given them plenty of tastes, man. i don't think you have and it's never any better and (laughs) if we're going to talk about melons in general i just think melons are kind of whack just in general really yeah yeah honestly man watermelon Mm, watermelon's all right i can deal with watermelon especially if you put some salt on it but okay, cantaloupe, that, dude, come on. Cantaloupe is yeah. Cantaloupe is okay if it's perfectly ripe. If it's one way or the other, then it's right. Then it's horrible. So it has to be perfect. So yeah, I'll give cantaloupe a pass. Melons rest- are
2: a little. They're a little finicky.
0: I will yeah. say. Yeah, I. I but don't most know. fruit is, I guess you know, it's fruit. Yeah. There's some fruit that's just good. I'll eat a banana when it's still green. I'll eat a banana when it's brown. Bananas. Well, always listen. Good.
2: This is also you were the the man who just ate a peach for the first time like within the last two years. So I, I don't know about your your fruit
0: expertise here.
1: I, all I know is that <laughs> it eaten. might
2: be in question.
0: I've tried a lot of melons. None of them are that good. But uh, well, maybe we'll talk about blind melon. Uh, yeah, I was blind gonna say melon. let's rank our melons, but I think all mine. <laughs> <laughs> all mine are just going to be at the, all at the bottom <laughs> so no rain blind melon are what you a team? fan of this song Travis? oh
2: my gosh of course how, how could you not be a fan of this song i mean do you do you think there's people out there that don't like this song and is it is it because they don't like the song or is it just
0: because they've heard it a million times you know what i mean it's like probably the heard it heard it a million times thing right it's so good yeah, it's right up your alley. You're such a hippie that you just couldn't help but like blind. <laughs> is this Nelly. a hippie is this a hippie song? I, I think
2: they were you know what? Like it's kinda of funny to that they they got huge off this song, you know, which has a bit of a hippier kind of like seventies vibe to it, but But they're they're just a they were a grunge band, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. Totally, a total grunge band. I mean, we were just talking about their footage from Woodstock '94. Like you watch that, and it's just like distorted guitars, just like thrashing around. Like I mean, they bring an acoustic on the stage, and they have like bongos or djembes, which is hilarious. That Hoon throws throws their djembes (laughs) into the
0: crowd at Woodstock. That was amazing. I love that he was rolling around on the stage uh, playing. What, what What instrument? What did you call that? What is that? Djembe. The Djembe. The Djembe. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. was rolling around on the ground playing it. Yeah, I want to talk about that Woodstock 94 performance because I sent it to you before this. If anyone's listening, just look it up on YouTube. It's in like, <laughs> it's in the lowest <laughs> resolution possible. It, it, uh, it is. It looks pretty rough. But Woodstock 94 <laughs> is amazing, man. Of all the Woodstocks, I think Woodstock 94 was the best. (laughs) You think it was better? The original seemed like it was terrible. First of all, the lineup at the original, not that solid, man. No? No, go look at it sometime. You'll be like, who are these people? (laughs) It was more the event. It wasn't so much that they had that big of acts like well and
2: i mean you you might be right in in the sense like that it's become larger than life because of the event and and like the moments that did come out of it were you know have become iconic and stuff so it's probably overshadowed by i mean but i'm sure if we go and look at the the list of 94 performers there's probably a lot of whack stuff on there
0: too you know (laughs) i don't know about that man 94 performing performers just off the top of my head you have Green Day, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, Blind Melon. Who else? Porno for Pyros? Dude, there were so many good acts on Woodstock 94. That's true. And you didn't go to that, did you? I wish. I yeah. was too young. I was too mm. young to be going to Woodstock 94. <laughs> but I think lineup-wise, it was the best ever. I mean, the Green Day performance with the mud fight was amazing, and the Nine Inch Nails coming out covered in mud was mm-hmm. amazing. And then... You know, I had the Woodstock 94. I forget if it was a double or triple CD. Did you have yeah. that? Uh, I don't think I did. Well, the Blind Melon song on there is a song called Soup. Which oh, is yeah, yeah. Which is live from the performance there. And that mm-hmm. song is amazing. Super I think, cool. I think that is the best Blind Melon song. And I guess I never really appreciated Shannon Hoon's voice. Right. He, ha- he has such a unique voice. It really is unique. I mean, it, it's it's so... It,
2: like, his range, I mean, on this song, No Rain, it's super high. I mean, he's starting in a high E and he gets up to like a high A. It's so high. Like, I cover this song, you know, I've played this song a bunch over the years and I just have to belt to hell with it, you know? But he sounds so, like, smooth and, and beautiful, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it, I mean, it's I'm sure it's just his range but but i i totally agree his, his voice so unique and so it's just pleasant you know what i mean uh, you know i was doing some reading and i found out that he was apparently friends with axel rose did you yeah. did you see that and that, that. that he sings on don't cry yeah
0: that's wild man i never
2: even for a second thought about that I, I mean i i used to love that that song i or back in the day i would listen to uh Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. What a unique voice, you know. I mean, that's always, for me, I'm sure you're the same, Chris, that, you know, the singer and the the tone of the voice and just how it makes you feel is such a big part of connecting with the band or with a song or whatever. It's, you know, it's like kind of the, the door to entry it, to me, you know. Um, like if right. you have a great, great rhythm section going or something and the vocals come in and it's like oh what what like i cannot chill
0: i'm done i'm out of there you know right and it is hard i know that blind melon has tried and it's a little unfair to the rest of the guys little might be an understatement but you can't replace right a lead singer in general it's hard to replace a lead singer let alone this dude whose For sure. voice is blind melon <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it, absolutely Uh, I mean, other than the B-girl, it's the most recognizable, memorable (laughs) thing about Blind Melon. And, you know, there was a lot of interesting things. And Trev, I got to go back for a second here. You're talking about Blind Melon being grunge? And, totally, man. I mean, they, like, God. I, I never really, I wouldn't have thought about that. Well, first of all, okay, we're in
2: what 92, 93. and they like, were
0: working. I'll, I, will say they were working. I saw that Pearl Jam producer produced their album, yeah, and whatever. right. But dude, every song that I checked out that I didn't know from them was either a really funky. <laughs> they did or, have, they did have a lot of funk going on for sure, or like bluesy, like. Southern ish bluesy funk is what I heard. I'm not hearing so much of the I mean, I guess no rain no rain is kinda grunge, but a lot of their songs is very clean guitars and his persona is kind of
2: grungy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was that was an interesting thing from watching the Woodstock footage. Like he was just thrashing around on stage. Like he was so fun to watch. Well, he was on LSD, by the way. He was on LSD. That's Obviously. true. And that, that'll make anybody a little more fun to watch. But yeah. uh, c- but you know, I mean he he's rocking out super hard. Well, and that's where I kind of picked it up that like I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, so Rick Parashar, I think his name was, who who produced Pearl Jams 10, which I love. I mean, that's quintessential grunge, right? That versus yeah, Nevermind. And so probably their guitars weren't as like thick. And it's I just think that's the funny thing about it. No rain was so kind of acoustic bass and like you're saying clean and stuff but but a a lot of their stuff just was more distorted than i kind of recall you know And, and it's probably just because of how sunny and like clean no rain is i mean you know what i think was so interesting about this song first of all i mean there's so many cool elements to it there's no drums until like the bridge guitar solo Wow, like, I never no, even
0: no drums. thought about it. I never Nothing. even thought about it.
2: It's so cool. I mean, there's a shaker going and there's like those snaps, which is just gets the groove going. You know, it's right. it's there, like the backbeat and the and the guitar is very percussive. But I just think it's what song, hit song, like just doesn't have other than like an acoustic ballad or
0: something, you know, but like no drums until the bridge. Like what? amazing it's so funny I the song is so good and iconic that i've never even thought about that before you just said it that check it out it's it's and, and you know what else is interesting
2: like it starts up and it's the two guitar like panned hard left and right and acoustic the clean electric which has got that iconic opening riff which i wanted to talk about too like as soon as you hear that riff you know you're like right. oh i'm there at which iconic opening riffs are so hard to do but when they work it's just incredible it's just amazing when you you play two notes and the whole room knows exactly what you're about to do you know yeah but i thought it was interesting that the bass is going that whole time too so it's you know the snaps are in there the two guitars but the bass is in there the whole time which i thought was What's weird, you know? But it's like it's weird
0: because it works
2: bass without drums is weird. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's like why why is there unless it's like an upright bass or something, you know, it just right. seems like it, yeah, it shouldn't be coming in until you know, until the drums are in, but it's in the whole time. I, I think the bass sounds great. What do you think that the bassist, Brad Smith, he wrote this song? Oh, written oh, by I a saw bass that. player. I yeah. did
0: see that. Yeah, I like that. I think that's <laughs> awesome.
2: You're a bass player, you write songs.
0: Hell yeah, man. I got to I gotta give props to, to Brad Smith for writing. I mean, and like you're saying about that opening riff, yeah. you hear that riff, not only do you know what's coming, not only does it put you in a mood, but also what I feel when I hear that is 90s. Right, yeah. <laughs> this is 90s music. It is <laughs> quintessential 90s. You see the B. The second you hear that riff, you see the B. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And and you are in the nineties, and that's wild how this song can just take you there. Going back to the drum, I want to talk about the drums, one more thing about them. is When I yeah. watched that Woodstock 94 performance, I did notice that they're playing in front of who knows how many people. A hundred thousands. Hundreds of thousands, yeah. easily. Yeah. And the drummer is so laid back and yeah. not <laughs> not hitting hard at all. <laughs> right. He's yeah. playing he's playing great. He's playing it's not like he's messing up, but mm-hmm. I just feel like I would be hitting the drums so hard as a drummer and he's just not doing that. And it's it's wild because you still have emotion in the music. I think it it's coming through shannon hoon who came out on stage in his girlfriend's white dress yeah love that (laughs) and barrettes in his hair and he just looks wild and he's definitely tripping and could you imagine not only playing in front of that many people and these woodstock 94 sets are also like an hour to an hour and a half long which is awesome right it's pretty epic yeah but also be tripping during that (laughs) oh my gosh it gives me anxiety just imagining that and to wear that white dress is such a muddy event maybe it wasn't Uh, quite so muddy yet but uh, yeah that
2: that dress was gonna get ruined I'm pretty sure sure of it (laughs) (laughs) no Uh, but it's true you're right like the drummer I mean even on the recordings like he's hitting pretty light you know and it, it adds something to I think that's probably another reason why it doesn't they don't feel as grunge because like I mean you think about like Dave Grohl quintessential grunge drummer, you know, versus l- this. is like just totally different kind of playing. And, and I think it's also kind of shows the evolution of, of drumming. Like nowadays it's like drums are just slamming like all right. the time, you know, but yeah, that's, that's interesting point.
0: As far as, you know, we should talk about Shannon Hoon a little bit more. He was almost a member of the 27 club. He actually made it to 28 but it's wild right. how these huge, important rock stars... Now, Shannon Hoon could argue how important... I feel like it's rude to say he wasn't. <laughs> he definitely was part of one of the biggest songs of the 90s. Yeah. And he probably had a lot more to come. Of course, I like No Rain. I love that Soup song that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. If anyone's yeah. listening and hasn't heard that song Soup, check it out. It's very emotional and... Right, I I just it it's a great feeling song. It's it's awesome. But Shannon Hoon, it's amazing to think of these people that got to this mega stardom. Everyone from Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison, all these people, and they're twenty seven years old. Think about when you were twenty seven years old and what all the things you didn't even know yet. <laughs> right, and it's and it so just wild. Seems, it's so wild and so young. But Shannon Hoon. I was surprised. I assumed it was heroin that that took him out, but it was actually cocaine overdose. Right, cocaine overdose. Yeah, which that's true. Like, you don't you, you don't hear about that too no. much. No, he had a heart attack at 28 from cocaine, which not not the cocaine's not dangerous. But <laughs> cocaine, <laughs> hey, cocaine's a hell cocaine. of a drug.
2: They say. I mean, you know, you got you got to watch those those hard drugs. You got to be careful.
0: Right, but but yeah, like. It's all. It seems like if you're doing a lot of cocaine, yeah, you're going down a bad road. But you don't, yeah, you don't hear about, especially a young person overdosing on it. I, I always just assume it's heroin. I always right, a, yeah. assume that that's what it is. But yeah, uh, and it sounded like he was a little out of control, uh, in and out of rehab a lot before mm-hmm. he died. I read this story about him, and so he died in '94, I believe. No, '95, 90, right? '95, yeah, mm-hmm. and. There was a story about him in 1993. He got arrested for indecent exposure after he disrobed on stage and urinated on a fan at a show in Vancouver. Oh, right. Yeah, I was reading about that. (laughs) That's wild. I don't know. (laughs) Also, when I read that story, and I don't have any context for it, but A, why would you urinate on a fan? (laughs) And second of all, was... The fan still a fan after is
2: right. Did the they question. did they become more of a fan or did they did they go the other way? Yeah, I was reading that there was like they they had to perform some. It was something like they had to, as a part of you know <laughs> making amends for that they had to perform at some Canadian festival or something after that. But yeah, I mean he was
0: probably pretty fucked up. I assume. Well, you know? also you know you know I don't know if it was like an aggressive act or if it was more like he was just so free (laughs) that (laughs) he he was so free that he felt the need to take his clothes off and just be free with his Urine, too. It could have yeah. been, and, and the fan could have been just as free and just loving it. You know, we don't know the context to this because it's, it it's hard bad. to imagine
2: that the fan was loving getting pissed off, but it, we don't know. Man.
0: It depends on what drug. Who, who would you on. be
2: okay with? Wh- what, what of your favorite music icons would you be okay with getting urinated on by? Well, do you think? I,
0: I don't know that I would be okay with being <laughs> urinated on by anyone. <laughs> Unless Would you be okay if Ben Fold's pissed on you? No, well I don't want anybody I don't want anyone <laughs> to piss on me, but if you're on certain drugs, I would imagine that it would maybe feel good or something or like <laughs> you know, like maybe if everyone's on some kind of drug that I don't even know. I don't know what kind of drug. Something that makes your skin tingle probably. And right. then he's like, "I." but it doesn't seem like it wasn't like,
2: oh, I really got to pee. I better go over there and pee. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more just like, a, let me get wacky. Do you think do you think you felt embarrassed about it after? I, I would feel so awful, you know, like, I definitely
0: would feel terrible. I felt terrible last night. I had a little bit too much to drink, and I guess I was being loud about, <laughs> you about didn't pee anybody, did you? No, I didn't pee on anybody. I was just I was just being loud about uh jesse eisenberg the actor (laughs) about whether i liked him or not as an actor and i was and then i woke up morning, i was like oh damn i was being so loud about that (laughs) that's hilarious so you were embarrassed about
2: that you would definitely be embarrassed about peeing on somebody yeah what's
0: your most embarrassing intoxicated moment because i'm always embarrassed even even if the next morning i barely maybe i was just like a little bit loud or feel like oh man i was obnoxious last night but i don't think i do anything too bad do you, do you have anything come to mind? I
2: don't know. I'm sure there's there's many. You're usually pretty mellow. Yeah, usually. I mean, it, yeah, it's probably just like I like spilled something or something or broke broke something by accident. It probably wasn't anything too intentionally <laughs> aggressive. Just like Right. Oh, I poured beer all over this and I forgot to tell you, you know.
0: You know something I got to talk to you about Blind Melon as hmm. two two guys in the same band and yeah. with Long storied musical paths. Mm -hmm. The Blind Melon made a four song demo, and off of that four song demo, they got signed to Capitol Records and got a $500,000 recording budget. Oh my gosh, really? It was wow. a demo tape. Could you imagine making a demo tape <laughs> and then getting a half million dollars to record your album? Man, those were different times.
2: I mean, d- I, does anybody even
0: get a half a
2: million dollars to record an album pretty much anymore? Like, I mean, what would you even spend it on? I guess drugs. I mean, what else I, could you spend it on? I Maybe don't buy, know. A, buy a house or something? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'd, I'd probably try and get a beach house or something. You yeah, know? You,
0: <laughs> spend our, <laughs> spend <laughs> a recording budget on a house.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I was reading about their early recordings that, like, they ended up scrapping a lot of them. This is probably after that demo tape, but they were working with a producer who I'm forgetting their name, and they just thought the production was too slick, or you know, just not their their vibe. They're more, you know, I, I think they were trying to go for more of a live kind of vibe. Like they reference early Stones, Rolling Stones stuff, just wanting to kind of be whatever they put down on tape, you know, that's what they right. wanted it to be. And, you know, I, I mean I think there is some really cool production stuff going on though. There's some kind of like chorus effect on his vocals, you know, some something that like it just gives a kind of a washy summertime haze vibe to me or something. Like the the whole song, even the, the title, you you look at the title, No Rain. There's something light about it, you know? And right. it's it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition because the song's really about being depressed you know like brad smith talks about the bass player he talks about writing it you know probably a year or so even before he brought it to the band and writing it about his girlfriend who was just super depressed and was complaining about not wanting to get out of bed and wishing there was raining so you know and it's something you can we can all kind of relate to that feeling of like I just want to wallow and just not be okay right now and and it's it's like a nice day out and I don't want to go out and face my own you know issues you know what I mean but it's kind of a neat play you know that it's so sunny and so kind of like washy and just makes you feel good but it's it's kind of about you know depression and and just kind of That's the trick
0: man that's the yeah, trick so true. many songs that are just so over-the-top happy, which I feel like this song is definitely that. (laughs) Right. It's definitely over-the-top, sunny, happy song. And yet, when you dig into it and you read the lyrics or you hear the story behind it, you're like, whoa, how are those two things? Now, is it that the person writing it is making themselves feel better? Better. Right, like what device does that have, kind of, or how how does that work? That no, that's
2: true. Yeah, it's 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 almost like, I mean, I, I guess it can be be seen in in a few different ways, but I almost feel like it. It's a device used to be like, okay, listen to my song. You're you're gonna you're gonna feel good and like it. So I just want you to listen, and then you can go like unpeel, you know, peel back the layers if if you want to dive deeper almost, you know? Like, you know, No Effects is is a great example of that. It's, they'll just have like a poppy song, like a pop punk song practically. And then you start reading the lyrics and you're like, oh my God, this is so twisted, you know? So I don't know if it's that, or I mean, maybe, maybe it was something even playing off uh, in this case of No Rain. I mean, it kind of plays off the feeling of like, it's sunny outside, but inside I feel like shit and I just wish it wasn't sunny so I right. could just, you know, be depressed and stay in bed or whatever. I, you I know? guess
0: what I was getting at is when you're writing a song like this, when Brad Smith is writing this song, right. is he writing it? He's getting his emotions out through the lyrics. And is he writing the music purposely happy because playing that is going to raise his spirits or is it more ironic right it's supposed yeah to be like tongue-in-cheek like oh yeah you're gonna hear this happy sunshiny song but it's actually really sad i, I don't i don't know i don't know yeah. what, what his state of mind was yeah i didn't
2: see anything about that i mean it, it could also just be like trying to mimic that you know southern rock 70s kind of retro rock you know vibe that they were going for too i mean you, you look back at a lot of those songs from that era and they were all that kind of major sounding tunes you know so it, right. it could could have been that but I, I think i think you make a good point too it it certainly could have been either of those things or maybe a combination of all of it you know
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess haha in my dentist's office I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's Delicious, Ready to Eat Meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to Factormeals.com slash 1HIT50 and use the code 1HIT50 to get 50% off. That's code 1HIT50, the words 1HIT and the number 50, that is, at Factormeals.com slash 1HIT50 to get 50% off. Trev, did you have this album when it was out or did you have to dig into them now? Did you did, did you know? I them? wanna
2: say I did I definitely knew them, but I can't remember if I had this tape or not. I don't well, I don't really remember I mean I specifically remember having Pearl Jam 10, like the the cassette tape and like mm-hmm. getting that at my the book and record in Newtown, Pennsylvania, Bucks County, you know, like and and just loving it. Like I, I was I was kind of into more of the heavier grunge, you know. I still don't know if I consider this grunge, but okay. Well, let's say, let's <laughs> say in in the sense of timing only, All you right. know, like All like right. I, I don't
0: know. I mean, I guess timing and his vocal delivery, I'll give it to you. But yeah, but although, wait, vocal delivery. What am I talking about? This guy. Is not anything like he doesn't have the her thing right. going <laughs> at all. He has the complete opposite of it. That's true. So it's I so don't smooth. Know. I would argue this is not grunge, but I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's more, it's more like southern
2: rock and roll for sure. You know, I mean, they, they, I think originally from
0: Mississippi, and then they moved to L.A. There's all kind of places they lived. I think India Shannon Hoon's from Indiana, mm-hmm. so. It's more of, who, who knows, there's a lot of influences come here. But I, the reason I was asking you if you had the album or if you dug into it, I did notice, and of course you'll notice this on a lot of albums where there's a hit song. I noticed that No Rain, as far as the production, mm-hmm. sounds like, and I don't know if this is my mind playing tricks on me or what, but it sounds like so much bigger and more produced. Than all the other songs I heard from that same album, and I don't know if, th- if that's just an effect of like, oh, I know this song. This is an iconic song, and I don't know the right. rest of these songs, or if there's an act, if there's actual merit to that. Probably is. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I was because
2: I, I'm super interested. You know, me, I I love the rec- nerdy recording stuff. I was trying to find any you know production stuff, and I didn't find a lot from uh, about Rick Parashar. But other than you know, he also produced. Some huge, you know, grunge records at that time. But that's interesting that you say that. I mean, it could it could have been that they knew this was going to be the single and they approached the mix in kind of a different way. But it also could just be the arrangement. I mean, so much of of how a mix translates is the arrangement and also th- the key, what's happening. I mean, like I was saying, the drums aren't aren't in. If the drums were in from the top, it might have been. It's gonna sound even though drums are big everything else needs to get smaller to make room for the drums so it's like you know there, there's something there letting his vocals kind of just shine and and be what right. they are and letting the guitars like really be clearly heard and
0: stuff i think we should jack this type of song structure for punch totally oh, i think I, we should i we love should it try yeah. you know clean guitars with bass right and with bass yeah just either snaps or I'm I'm not saying to to actually rip off the song I'm just saying like the the elements right and try to make a song based on these same sort of elements because that's I can't believe I don't think about stuff like that sometimes. I don't. Right. Yeah.
2: You're just like, okay, the drums, one, two, three, four drums are in, you know, it's like, right. I mean, Corey's not going to be too
0: happy about it, but we're going <laughs> to,
2: we're going to we'll make, make him sure snap. he
0: shines when he comes in. Yeah. He when he be comes happy in, about it. He, he can vape during that whole beginning. <laughs> That's true. He can vape the whole time. He'll we're be also
2: going to, we, we need to see if, if Corey can play his light as the drummer does here.
0: <laughs> I don't no think it's possible. Way. No way. Do you way. think it's possible for Corey to play that light? No, he's like the hardest hitting drummer. I don't know. Yeah. So, as far as what else was going on when this song was out, because this song only peaked at number 20, which is one of those strange things. Yeah. Because it's such a massive song, but probably not played on the Kiss FM. (laughs) More, it was probably on the, but I don't know. Maybe it was. It had to be played on top forty stations. If it didn't number think it twenty, did. it definitely well, was.
2: But I think that's that's kind of getting into another thing that we got to talk about is the music video. I mean, th- that skyrocketed this right. song into a hit. You know, like because it, it didn't even start
0: becoming a hit until what, like a year later, right? Yeah, something about that video, and I don't know. Somebody probably spent think about the concept. That's that's what's crazy. Right. Music videos not as important as they were now. As they were in 1993, 94. I mean, but they could literally break a band, and they did. That idea was just like, oh, let's get this girl, put her in a bee costume. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I I, right. I should I should have watched it. I actually didn't watch the music video before we did this, just because I've seen it so many times. But did you watch it? I was reading about it,
2: and I mean, I you know could see it in my head, and there is a story to it. Is where, there? Okay, yeah, that was because be my because question. okay, so so the bee girl. Who who, by the way, she I think she kinda had some success because of how popular this thing was. Heather Lauren Deloach. Okay, yeah. So the drummer's sister is in the B costume and became the cover image, right? right? So that's the image of the of the album. Mm-hmm. But then they got this this other girl to like play the B girl, you know? And so I think basically her thing is she's wearing her bee costume dancing around she's getting ridiculed and then she's she's sort of like searching for somebody to connect with and uh she's she's trying to dance for these people here and there, not really having much success and then she sees this field of like other bees all dancing and then she goes and dances with them and feels connected you know and and uh oh, okay i mean it's it's kind of it's it's subtle but like it there is a story there, and by the way, I, I was looking up the director of this music video, who's a guy named Samuel Bayer. Mm-hmm. Did did you read about this dude? No. Okay, he directed Nirvana. Smells like Team Spirit. Wow. <laughs> he directed Metallica until it sleeps. Green Day Boulevard of Broken Dreams stuff. Like he did. He did Zombie Cranberry Zombie. He's his, his list of videos. It was insane. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I was what like, oh, they basically form. got like yeah, I mean they got like a a legit dude. He he actually did twenty ten feature film, A Nightmare on Elm Street too. So like wow. he was, you know, he legit legit director, but obviously if you're coming off of, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit you know what you're doing, you know
0: I mean, think about that art form, which yeah, has kind of gone by the wayside, right, not completely. There's still music videos, but there's not the budgets you you figure For if, sure. you're getting, if you're getting a half a million dollar recording budget, you're probably getting easily spending a million bucks on a video, right? like maybe so these directors are getting yeah, I don't know if a million or half a but but say on the lower end, even quarter of a million dollars right, sure. Yeah. to make a three-minute-long film where right. you can just go all out. Could you imagine that? You get to just... It's nuts. Yeah, and and that's where you got... And so say you have that kind of budget and you, you make Smells Like Teen Spirit or the B girl blind melon video. And they're not, they're not crazy, like explosions and, and right. Yeah. It's so
2: subtle. It's like, I mean, it's just back then it's, you know, everything caught like the, the gear and stuff. It's like, we can make that quality on our iPhones right now, you know, right? (laughs) we spend a thousand bucks on. It's like, and that's probably also uh, along with why the music video has changed because of, you know, just like, there's a million bands on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. It's just like the pl- the, the pool is huge now, you know? Right. So there's such a high level of competition. It's numbing. It's it's not like there's not always such a – you, you kind of have to go completely outside of the box to get
0: noticed. They'd be like, whoa, that's, a, that's an amazing video. Well, do you, you think know? that Blind Melon right now, the B-Girl video, because that concept, now that you reminded me of the story of the video – Mm-hmm. That's very. Think about 90s alternative music and the feeling like an outsider when you're an angsty teen or you totally. know, a young person. And the story of that video probably won over so many people to the point where the song, it was almost like the video was the first thing. The song was almost secondary to right. the message or the story behind that video that people. Related to so you had that whole other level of relating to something if you related to the music video smells like Teen Spirits another good example if you feel like you're in high school and you're this outsider it has the cheerleaders and the you know you're there at the bleachers and and it's this dark crazy looking thing absolutely and so yeah those music videos no I think sure you're right and, and
2: and th- 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 yeah I think that's what. You know, the interesting thing about the timing of this and, and how iconic. I mean, y- y- you're exactly right. The, the video and the song have become fused into this one thing, you know. And, and and it's like as as many people who say, oh, I love that song would be like, oh, I love the the B-Girl, you know. Like that that became a, a huge thing. It still is to this day. I mean, it's like um, although I, I don't know if you that might be one of those things you, you ask, you know put a b-girl in front of a millennial and they're like uh, okay what like but but for the time and our, you know our generations and, and maybe even still now i mean it's just such a part of you know pop
0: culture and when when you think of uh, top of your head mm-hmm. not thinking deep into it what are the five music videos that stand out from the 90s i think this is one Absolutely, Jeremy. Okay, big one. Jeremy's one of yours. I mean, I
2: All gosh, right. I just love Pearl Jam. Even Flow is such a dope video too. Oh, there's so many good. I, I love going on like a rabbit hole of 90s yeah. music videos. It's so fun. Uh, I'll
0: I'll say a couple before you say it last, but this one, No Rain. Sure. Sabotage. Oh yeah, absolutely. What year was that? 94. I th- oh, actually, it's '94 because oh, we right. we're considering, we were it considering, for considering that. That's
2: right. Yeah, you're right. Oh, so and good. Oh my gosh. What else you got?
0: Well, it smells like Teen Spirit, obviously. Right. I think of the Bjork "It's Oh So Quiet" video. I know I'm a big Bjork fan, but like that video was just the greatest. Mm. You know. I don't remember that one. "Do Oso- It's Oh So Quiet." You don't know that one? I probably I got to.
2: I'm sure that I do.
0: Dude, it was like an iconic. Oh, video. dude,
2: what about um, what about Guns N' Roses? Uh, "November Rain." Was that that yeah. that,
1: that timing? That had to been yeah. the '90s. I mean, Absolutely, that's man. iconic video. That was amazing. I'm over here screaming Black Hole Sun Soundgarden.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, of course. So
0: good. That video made me feel so weird. I I never liked that song. Really? I don't like that song. Never liked that song. Never liked the video. It was always on. I remember every it time I was on, on MTV, I'm like, oh, God. So, like, that one, I, tr- I try to get rid of that one for my mind. But you're but, – that is true. It was it was a very memorable.
2: You one. know what video I really remember <laughs> seeing a lot of back then was um, Meatloaf. I I could do I would do anything for love. You remember well, that video?
0: <laughs> it, and it's funny that you mentioned that because when No Rain hit number twenty when it peaked on the charts mm-hmm. this, on October thirtieth, nineteen ninety three, I'd do anything for love by Meatloaf was number two. Oh no way! So wow. they were both out at the same exact time. And uh, the number one song right then was Mariah Carey, Dream Lover. Mm. Some other notable songs on the charts when no rain peaked at number 20 were All That She Wants by Ace of Base. Oh, man. (laughs) River of Dreams by Billy Joel at number five. Okay. Uh, At number 11, What Is Love by Hathaway. (laughs) And... Crying by Aerosmith is number fifteen. That's one of the uh, Oh Alicia I like Silverstone videos. That was a
2: great video. Wow. Those are
0: pretty iconic. the The Alicia Silverstone Aerosmith videos. Oh my gosh, those drive me. Those drive me crazy. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy the one where, where she jumps off the bridge at the end and flips off her boyfriend. Oh yeah, a,
2: I think you're right. Belly
0: button ring. I think. Oh, is uh, she? Is she hooked on by her belly button ring or something? Uh, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't don't know know that that was the case. (laughs) If that's the case, that's really weird. (laughs) She, 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 we might be remembering this wrong.
1: Does she bungee jump by a belly button ring? I think we might be. It's she? You're remembering it correctly. She has a magnet attached to the belly button ring on the bungee cord. Wow, that's where it Whoa. lost me. I,
2: was was that when she's on the motorcycle and like there's a lot of grinding going on and stuff? That was yeah. my favorite part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She
0: was like with a kind of dirty guy. Yeah, yeah. And also, Shoop by Salt and Pepper. Oh, was, nice. Was, oh was man. Too, Two spots up from No Rain. So that was I don't great. Know, good pretty one. good time, man. 93, 94. Such great years for music. Quintessential. As we, know, as we know. The number one album of this of the year, you know, 1993 that No Rain peaked. Number one album of the year was the Bodyguard soundtrack, which, hmm. of course, of course, man. Right. Whitney. You can't mess with Whitney.
2: Were there any other uh, good songs on that, though, or was it just because of that song?
0: Mm, oh, there. well, that song. Well, they were both Whitney songs because, of course, there's the "I will always love you," but also there was "I have nothing," which I actually like better hmm. than "I will always love you." You know, "I have nothing." I can't, I can't hear it in my I head. I have nothing, nothing, nothing. Hmm. If I don't have you, <laughs> you don't know that one. <laughs> I think my I do, darling, actually. You.
2: I, I didn't I didn't get too too deep into that soundtrack to be honest. I was okay. uh, I was listening to you know probably Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam yeah exclusively. <laughs> I think I so, also got yeah. my first Pennywise album around that time too. Pennywise Pennywise. Yeah, I was
0: getting pretty punk by then.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, dude, I was also Pearl Jam was
2: super punk. Go back and listen right. to this, some of the those songs. Like, oh my gosh. They rip.
0: I, I'm not hating on Pearl Jam. No, yeah, I really I like. I, I'm glad. I, I, f-
2: I feel like I could. That could be some a real rift between us of, of you yeah, not liking I, Pearl Jam. But I'm glad it's I, not.
0: I, I think we could focus I, I on will, Melon instead. Yeah, I will say that <laughs> unintentionally, Pearl Jam was later responsible for a lot of really bad music for like the next 25 years of people trying to right kind trying of sound to emulate like it. Yeah, and that. But actual Pearl Jam is pretty cool. Like even their latest stuff, it's pretty punk. Like that, right, the I remember the last Pearl Jam song I heard, maybe it's from the past year or two, was like I was like, wow, this is like punk rock music. Yeah, I like it. totally. No, I love that Vitalogy album. Oh, I so think good. That that is really good, especially that first song. Uh, hey, you know,
2: funny Pearl Jam fact related to um, No Rain. Apparently, they Pearl Jam made a song called b-girl weird i was i was reading some some lyrics it was something about oh here it is okay b-girl they first performed it in 94 and the lyric said something like b-girl you're gonna die you don't want to be famous you want to be shy and apparently the track was kind of seen as like a warning to shannon hoon about his path of destruction and
0: i'm surprised the lyric was wasn't you want to be high instead of shy
2: (laughs) yeah well they had to be cryptic two on the nose yeah (laughs) <laughs> this is the 90s now, Chris. Come on. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was neat. I mean they they seemed in that they were they were touring with, you know, huge bands. They were touring with The Stones and Soundgarden and, you know, like just just the whole world that they were in was they were set up to, you know, to really take over. You know, I, I saw that apparently Shannon Hoon was filming constantly, and he filmed like f- five years basically nonstop up until I think like a couple days before he died. And there's wow. a documentary called All All I Can Say. I saw the trailer. It looks really interesting. I want to check that out. But uh, if anybody wants to do a deeper dive, All I Can Say is a documentary. That, that Yeah, I think it was mostly filmed by him and it kind of shows their like whole rise, you know, documenting it from his perspective, which I thought was kind of cool.
0: Right. I saw that the, the night he, the night he died, they had played at numbers in Houston. Hmm. You know that? I, I kind of remember that club. I don't know. Did we play there on like a bigger tour or something? I, I hmm, know that maybe club, Yeah, I know, that club there. Then they were on their way to, I think new Orleans the next night, but yeah, he had died in the bus.
2: Yeah. So brutal. You know what I thought was interesting to get back to No Rain was that I, I saw something that it, it was talking about so they were opening for the Rolling Stones in nineteen ninety four and wow. apparently their tour manager said that they a lot m- most of the shows they left no rain off of their, their set. Wow. And they that they had become one of those bands that like kinda hated their hit.
0: That quickly? Yeah. Not that, that nuts it was still it. It was still new. <laughs> yeah, it was. It
2: was probably a year later. I, I mean, like you think about how inundated it was everywhere. I mean, like in that time of MTV and stuff, it was probably they're probably wow. just getting blasted by it. But yeah, you're right. It's like a year later. You know, we were. I was watching a bit of the Woodstock thing, and they started the song off in this like slow, like weird kind of blues rock way, and he started singing, you know, some version of the lyrics to No Rain. And I was like, Oh my gosh, did they? did they not even, like, play this song legit? And then they go into the song and do it, you know, just as it it was recorded.
0: Right. Wow, that's wild. Man. Yeah, so that's... I
2: thought that was kind of interesting because there's a lot of bands you hear about that. They have a huge hit, and then they just kind of hate it, you know? like
0: I get it. I get it, like, if you're a one-hit wonder, and it's 25 years later, and you've been writing music the whole time, and you don't want to play. But, like, the song was still a current hit in 1994 it wasn't some old song. that's wild yeah that bums me out i mean it's just like treating the people that raised you horribly
2: or something like you know it's just like come on you you gave me everything i have and i'm gonna just shit on you now like no
1: no way do you guys think that that was just kind of part of the times though because didn't like nirvana also like infamously Never want to play "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and I think Radiohead like stopped playing "Creep" before the Bends even came out. That's true. Yeah, I mean,
2: Nirvana makes so much sense to me. Like, I, I feel like how could they even play that song after it blew up? Like, you think about a band like Nirvana; it's like they're not gonna play that song, right? But you kind of have dude, to. You
0: but have dude, to just but... think about being them and knowing that you're gonna play this song at this giant show, and people are going to go absolutely crazy it's
2: another one where it just starts it's i mean i guess you call it a riff but just that chord progression you know starts and you're yeah. like holy shit like here we go you know Once the
0: drums kicked in could you imagine oh, i can't imagine wow. i mean i've done it we've covered it in punchline we we did those things at the end of the show like we did it in japan like we'd come out and play smells like teen spirit just because it's so fun and, and we people, knew, people just people go would nuts go anyway yeah yes right. <laughs> and I can't imagine being actually Nirvana right. and coming out. And once those drums kick in and just watching the madness, I'd be afraid people are going to get killed. Like yeah. just the insanity of that at the, the the biggest song. One of the biggest songs of all time mm-hmm. that rocks. It's definitely the biggest rock song of all. Th- I mean, I don't know. I'm not basing that grunge? On like, actually. <laughs> It's Definitely the Let's biggest grunge grunge song grunge. of all time, but. But, right. But yeah, one, it, but sure. rock in general. Yeah. Rock in general. It's up there. So, yeah, I don't know, man. But anyway, this song, we're obviously both fans of it. Yeah, it's great. We obviously both think this is a great band. Totally. And I might not listen to them on the reg, but I like them. Yeah. Same. I, same. I, I would suggest anyone listening to this, you obviously know No Rain. I would highly suggest you check out the song Soup. And more specifically, I would say check out the Woodstock 94 live version of that song. I think it's very beautiful song. Absolutely, and yeah. I think we would agree that this it, this brings the one-hit thunder. Brings the thunder. one-hit blunder. For sure. And I do think if Shannon Hoon wouldn't have died, they may have had a few more hits. Yeah, I think you're right. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be one-hit wonders. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He did die... He died in ninety five. This song came out or this song hit the end of ninety three. So yeah, they had some more hits in them. Definitely. They weren't done. They weren't done. No. But sadly.
2: Taken too soon.
0: They did try they did get a replacement singer. They are they released new songs this year. Oh really? I didn't check those out. Huh. And I do feel for bands where their singer dies because right. especially like No Rain. The bassist wrote the song. Right. He wrote yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he had a great front man to perform it, but it's sad that you can't get the same effect, that, but the song still exists. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think they should have got the B-girl to be the singer after. <laughs> <laughs> or just it, no vocals and just the B-girl dancing up on stage. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. But uh, cool, man. It's been a really good episode, I think. Yeah, I like, totally. I like I like talking melon with you. Me too. <laughs> Me too, Chris. It's always fun
2: talking melon with you, but Yeah,
0: and if anybody's listening to this, you know, Trev and I both play in the band Punchline, and by the time you're listening, listening to this, we most likely have a new song out. New song called, out, yeah. Called Be Right There, Punchline Be Right There, look it up. And also, Trev, The End of America just released a new song recently, right?
2: We got one coming out on uh, the November 20th, yep. Holy shit. Yep, holy shit, right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit is right, man. Wow. Yeah, PA right. showing up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know I I thought it was kind of cool that the guitarist from Blind Melon, Christopher Thorne,
0: is originally from Pennsylvania. He graduated oh, from yeah. from UPenn in Philly. So Nice. Our PA boy. You're out in Philly and I'm in Pittsburgh, and I think you and I should really take credit yeah. for the fact that Trump isn't president anymore.
2: Absolutely. I'm
0: proud of our our cities big yeah. time hell yeah man yeah and i think shannon hoon would be proud too i don't know what his
1: political affiliations were
0: but i i did watch him on lsd yeah wear, he was wearing his girlfriend's dress at woodstock 94 so i would assume that if shannon was with us today he wouldn't have been a trump fan right yeah <laughs> i agree but I, but I guarantee you that trump would probably try to use his music at his rallies that, right yeah that's probably what would have happened he definitely uh, would but cool man thanks for being on yeah thanks for having me
1: This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape. Underneath me is the new Punchline song, Be Right There, which is coming to streaming services on Friday. Punchline has a music special that will be streaming on Amazon Prime on the 20th of November. Be sure to check it out. And let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunder.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app, and tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder.
0: What's up, everyone? It's Joe, and I'm the host of That's Awesome with Joe, a podcast on the newly formed Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. I talk with tons of your favorite artists, managers, touring personnel, and more. Most of the time we talk about music, but lots of the time we end up talking about something completely unrelated.
1: We laugh a lot. We do a lot of really stupid things, but also some things that are really informative and interesting. Basically, it's a podcast that I think you should listen to. Obviously, I'm biased because it's my podcast, but I think I might be into it if I wasn't the host. Check it out at SoundTalentMedia.com.